Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Well, my friends, there's goodness in this world, and man, oh man, are there shit shows. Let's have a deep breath. I want to share with you because there is goodness in this world, and I was so excited. I got the card in the mail from Allie from Alabama. So for those of you who don't know, I've given her shout outs over the years. She is one of the originals. She's one of the early, early listeners started out with me. And through the years, she would send cards and share how the show was impacting her. And I've always loved it. And I got to coach her for a period of time. She was in one of my programs and I got to work with her and she sent me a card and it was about the hard stuff in the world. And she wanted to let me you know, check in with me and let me know how she was doing after the school shootings and the unfortunate events going on in America. And she said that she was feeling really overwhelmed. And here's the thing that's so cool. And this warms my heart. She went back to the work that we had done, all the notes, all the coaching that she had gotten and we had done together. And she was able to get her feet back on the ground where she is rooted And she can then be in awe of this one amazing life, feeling all the good and the bad, but trusting herself in this process. You all, this warms my heart, right? Whether it's her, she's a former client, my current clients who I have the privilege to witness them as they go through their lives and their ups and their downs, their struggles and their successes, or those of you who I've gotten to meet along the way, who either sent emails, left podcast testimonials, or sent cards in the mail as well, or I've talked with on some consults and said that this show has walked with you through life. So thank you. You know, thank you for allowing me to be your partner, whether it's through the show, through a coaching partnership through the Sunday love letters, right? However it's been to be able to be here to support you. Thank you. She thanked me for all that I do. And she reminded me, and we can all forget this, even if you don't have a podcast, you never know the impact that you take. She reminded me, she said, you'll never know who you help in this world. But girl, you do. So Allie from Alabama, thank you so much. This was such a delight to get this card in the mail from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you, you may not know the days are hard, right? There's a lot of stuff that we're all going through. Life is relentless. You may not know who you're impacting or how, or maybe you think about somebody who we haven't talked in a couple of years. We can still be connected. You never know. So please don't discount or minimize yourself. So... This podcast is going to drop the Friday before my birthday. So my birthday is on June 12th and I'm going to be 50 
It's so funny because what my 20-year-old self thought of 50 and what my soon-to-be 50-year-old self, what my 49-year-old self thinks of 50 are very, very different, right? I'm really excited about being 50. I had a girlfriend tell me last night, she said, Corinne, when you turn 50, something just happens, something clicks. I don't know if it does. I don't know what my experience will be like, right? But I'm just excited. And what I'm most excited about is the fact that I'm taking up space and celebrating myself. I'm celebrating the fact that I get to still be here on this planet. I get to go through this amazing life filled with lots of shit shows. In fact, I'm wearing one of my favorite t-shirts given to me by another client of, it's called the shit show supervisor. (laughs) It's inspired other clients to go and get these as gifts too. So it's one of my favorite shirts, but I get to celebrate, right? I get to take up space in my own life. And that's what I'm going to be talking with you about because how you want to do it, how we want to live our lives. Everybody has different ingredients on what lights them up, what feels really good. And we also have a lot of cultural programming about what's allowed. So when I think about this birthday, I've been doing a lot of reflecting this year about this birthday. What do I want? What do I not want? What is the cultural programming? And why did I stop celebrating my birthday? I was trying to think about that right? Because I finally got into a place where my birthday is important. It's taken me 50 years. Well, maybe not because there was a period of time in my childhood it was important. So I don't know, 30, 40 years it's taken me to really step in and celebrate it. I think the last time I had a big old party that I can remember is when a group of college friends on my 21st birthday, we went out to Chevy's. (laughs) That was our big deal. And it was fun. There's a huge group of people right before the end of the school year might have been around finals week, but that was a lot of fun. And I think that might have been the last time I had a big old bash. So one of the things that I've been working on is figuring out how to celebrate this day or actually I'm turning it into this year. And I thought about 10 years ago where I was and 10 years ago was really significant I was getting inducted into the Cal Aggie Hall of Fame, and this is a huge honor, but I played small. And it was something I knew I was going to happen. I had a really good shot of it happening, but I didn't allow myself to dream about what I wanted it to look like in that day and that event surrounding that event. So I didn't plan, right? I didn't get around to it. So when the announcement did come and the honor was announced, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that experience and, and I didn't have any dreaming. I kind of in small moments was like, oh, well, I kind of know what I want to do, but I didn't know how to execute it, which means ask for it. So I didn't do it. I let these inner longings stay quiet. I also, <laughs> by playing small, received quite some backlash from friends and supporters who were hurt because I didn't invite them. I didn't include them in the celebration. So reflecting back over the last 10 years of what I learned from that and what I'm going to take from that for my key learnings and as I move forward. So here's the thing. I used to be the person who didn't want to be disappointed because I didn't want to expect much and I wouldn't even allow myself to take up space until after it all happened. So I wouldn't have to face disappointment. Part of this may have been also because sometimes like my dreams were I don't want to say unrealistic, but there are these big old hopes and prayers 
And it was that fairy godmother, right? We want that fairy godmother moment where somebody comes in and waves his wand and voila, we turned into Cinderella and then we get found by the prince, right? We've been all culturally programmed with that. And so I think one of the things it was like, oh, I would love for this to happen, but it's magical thinking and I have all this evidence it didn't happen. So don't allow myself to do that because I don't want to be disappointed anymore and only count on it after it's been done right? There's, I think a saying that says, don't count your chickens until they hatch, right? Like don't count for that. And this is a skill set that I've worked on over the last 10 years of how to allow myself to dream and not have unconscious expectations, right? Stealth expectations, according to Brene Brown, like where it's magical thinking and it's unconscious and unchecked, but really committing to that best case scenario along with managing the risk, right? and seeing what also unfolds along that path. But before I practiced this and 10 years ago, I didn't know I had, I'd worked on some of it, but I hadn't had it all worked out. And I had this tendency to play small. Don't ask for what you need, Corinne, minimize. So here's the thing. Prior to my 40th birthday, when I was inducted, I had known for at least 15 years that I was a pretty good shot at getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. And it was based on my athletic achievements at the university and certain criteria that the university, the the committee looks at. And so I knew that. And one of the things that I did have the wherewithal to ask for was I'd been at a Hall of Fame dinner when at some point, maybe before I had kids. And I remember seeing an inductee get inducted. He was a football player. His 10 year old daughter was there. And I thought, oh, that is really cool. Like to be able to share this experience with your kids. And so I was at that time able to ask my coach to not nominate me until much later. So I could have, while I could have been nominated in 2000, I asked her to wait and I didn't get nominated until about 10 or so years later. And I think around 2000 is also when I was pregnant. Actually, I was pregnant in 99, part of 99. So I did ask my coach, you know, to wait because I would like this experience if that would be possible. And so she did. She honored that. Here's the thing. Did you notice that I wanted my child to experience it? So I was able to ask because I wanted somebody else to benefit. It's so much easier. Like I can move mountains for other people. And it can be so challenging to move mountains for myself. And this is what I've been practicing probably over the last five years at more and more significance, more with more awareness. So I practiced asking for what I wanted, but I was able to delay asking for the delay in my nomination based on my future kids. How many of us are able to ask for things we want for those we love, but won't do the same for ourselves? I'm going to ask this question again, and if you can, write it down or take notes, pause this, put it in your phone. How many of us ask for things we want for those we love, but won't do the same for ourselves? I have a whole client list of people who do this, myself included. It takes a lot of practice for us to learn how to ask for ourselves. It's really vulnerable. So that's what I've been working on these last 10 years. But going back to that day, my Hall of Fame induction arrived in the same month as my 40th birthday. 
And I knew on my birthday, I was going to be where else at a swim meet starting June, right? Swim meet season. And we had actually a team camping trip. And you all, I am not a camper. The only time I've camped, I think, are with team camping trips and maybe once with the Girl Scouts or twice with the Girl Scouts. So I kind of toyed with this idea of having a Hall of Fame dinner and a birthday party, but didn't want to be too much and make it all about me. So I dismissed it right away. I didn't want to ask for what I wanted, and I justified it with myself that it wasn't practical for me to have a dinner. One, it was already a Hall of Fame dinner, so why would I have a dinner? There were two meets, still meets that day that our team was going to be at, and my husband was going to be at one. A couple hours away, I was going to be at one. And so getting to the Hall of Fame was already going to be challenging. And it wasn't until today when I was preparing for the show that I was like, well, afterwards is too late. And really afterwards would have just been an after party. So I did have a few people over afterwards who went to the Hall of Fame and some were people that were already going because this is part of what they do. There were a small group of people that I did invite. You know, my mom had flown out for it and there were a couple of friends that I did ask to come. That was already vulnerable enough for me to ask them to come, but I wasn't willing to ask others, right? So... And I did have the few people come over that were already there. It was something that was just thrown together. We came over to the house afterwards, but I didn't follow my own rule, my own policy of it's an invitation, not an obligation, right? And I minimized what I wanted for myself. And it was all because I didn't want to be perceived as being someone who was too much. You know, that voice of who does she think she is? So I didn't put it out there. I didn't ask for what I wanted. I wasn't willing to be vulnerable and put together something and then have nobody show up, right? I was get afraid of that often. I didn't even allow myself to consider what I wanted as important to me. And here's the thing. And there's a part that I'm so sad for my 40 year old self. It's because I didn't really think I was worth it. And I was afraid others would judge me for being too much which would then therefore prove I wasn't worth it. Do you see how that all works, right? We don't ask for what we want because we think it's not important and we don't think that we're worth it and we're afraid that we will get reinforcements from others of judging us that we're too much. Being too much and not enough is both the same thing. They both come from shame. And so I was so afraid of that vulnerability of how will I be perceived, that I didn't even allow my space to dream and think about it. It was a side note and I pushed it off. Nope, not possible. There's too much going on. Look, I need to take care of my team. Look, there's all this other stuff going on. There's not the space. So 10 years ago, I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted for me. I could do it for others, but not for me because of my own lack of worthiness in this arena, my own lack of I can't allow it to be important to me because then I'll be too much, right? The other thing is I didn't really have the skill sets to plan a big old party, like the idea in my brain of what it should look like and the reality of what my skill sets were. And I wasn't great at asking for help for me. I was great at asking help because I know people that can help me put on parties, but I didn't ask. I didn't allow myself to dream a bigger dream for myself. 10 years ago, I didn't want to be vulnerable. 
You know, I didn't want to use my own, like, hey, it's an invitation, not an obligation. I didn't want to be vulnerable and ask people and allow them to judge me. I didn't want to be vulnerable and put it out there and have nobody show up. Like, that's always the the fear of mine. Even on our big old Christmas Eve parties, it's like, will people really come? Right. Well, pre-COVID, we haven't had one since. But there's that vulnerability, and I didn't want to do that. And I also consoled myself with, well, someday... Maybe not today, but that's okay. Someday. It's like, Corinne, how many Hall of Fames are you going to be inducted in? That's the only one, my friend. (laughs) That's the only one. So as I share this, one thing that's really important is it's not that I haven't done a lot of my own work on worthiness, because I have. And I had even at that point. And there were things that were still unmet. And I also did remember invite a few friends to come and share the evening with myself and my family. So part of it may have been my own capacity was reached, like asking two friends that I can think of to come that was already vulnerable. What I didn't allow myself was my dream was really to have an after party. And I didn't even know until today what to call it. I thought, that's too late. We don't even know what time it ends. What if it ends at 10 o'clock or 1030? Nobody's going to want to come over. My soon-to-be 50-year-old self would say, well, Corinne, it's an invitation. It's not an obligation. And it wasn't that I wanted people to come and eat the, you know, the chicken dinner at that. I just wanted to spend time together. And an after party would have been a, a fun thing to do. For those that could make it happen, that'd be great. If they couldn't, that's okay too right? Because it's an invitation, not an obligation. So as I share this with you, as we go through our own evolving, remember, it's not a destination we arrive at and are all complete. We are continual works of art as we grow and evolve. So there was a lot of work I had done to get to that point 10 years ago. And now here I am 10 years later in thinking about my birthday. So what's happening today? So I have no big birthday party planned. I got really clear on that probably about a month ago that this is not something that I want for this year. Maybe I'll have it for 51 or 53, who knows? And a few years ago, I learned to let people know about my birthday was coming up instead of waiting to be found or honored or surprised. So one thing that happened 10 years ago was, remember I said I was going to be at a team swim meet and then a team camping trip. And I was found and I was honored, right? Like I woke up, one kid and a parent went, got donuts. I got this coaching chair, the kids signed it. I mean, it was all fun. It was very delightful, but it's that cultural programming of, oh, play small, be nice, don't ask for anything. And if you're important enough, if you matter, if you really matter, people will take care of you, right? What I've learned since then is if there is something that I want, It's okay to ask. It's okay to create it. It's okay to go after it. And I learned this a few years ago when, again, I was on a trip with my birthday and I didn't say anything. I didn't share it. And then afterwards, that feeling of disappointment, right? So I'm learning. You all, I'm learning. And it'll be so interesting to see what I learn in these next 10 years. I've learned a lot in these last 10. And as I checked in with myself about my 50th, I realized that Right now, I don't have the skill sets or the energy to have a big old party, and that's okay. I hear a voice in my head that reminds me of the big old party I put together for my husband when he was inducted in the American Swim Coaches Association in their Hall of Fame a few years ago, right? We had over 500 people, and it was a two-day event, and it was a 
big old wedding, right? Isn't it interesting what we do for others and we don't do for ourselves? And I'm going to say this in fascination, not in judgment. It's a great awareness that reminds me that there are skill sets that I have. And for me to get clear, what is it that I want? And I'm I willing to go and ask for what I want for myself, because I sure as hell am willing to go and move mountains for those that I love. And as I sit here with you today, I'm okay with not having a party as I continue to learn and see areas that I get to improve on and I want to improve on in my own life. And as I reflect back on the skill sets I developed over the last 10 years, here are some of them that I came up with. Vulnerability right? Which is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. Holy moly. I have really worked on this over the last 10 years. I was the queen of certainty, did not want vulnerability. And I have leaned hard into this over the last 10 years. In that part, I've also learned to not go it alone. It's one of my easy go-to strategies. I must do it myself. I must go it alone, but really asking for help and allowing others to come in and support me. The other thing that I've learned in the last 10 years, and I really cultivated a lot of is trusting myself. So as I, again, going back to my 50th birthday, did I want to have a big old party? What did I want? Checking in and getting really clear that for what I want this year, and I'm going to share it with you and I trust that's what I want. And again, maybe when I'm 51, I'll want to have a big old party. Who knows? I don't know. As Byron Katie says, when it's time to turn right, you turn right. I might be turning right at some point with the big old party. And over the last 10 years, I've been practicing and learning to stand with myself instead of against myself, standing with myself, taking up space. And man, oh man, I do this on a daily basis, but owning my story and all of it, all of my story, right? Like sharing with you the my 40th birthday and the hall of fame, that's all really vulnerable. Those are stories I didn't like to share. I can feel my tummy get a little tense, but learning how to own my story, all of it and saying like, this is where I was 10 years ago. And yes, I'm a life and leadership coach and I have a lot of great skill sets and a lot of great tools and I fall down and I share them here with you. So owning my story, all of it, and loving myself. And I have to do a shout out to Brene Brown because I quote her all the time about owning my story and loving ourselves is one of the bravest things that we can do. That line, when I first heard that quote, I was drawn into it. I didn't quite understand it. And man, oh man, I understand it. It's at such a deep level now. And I have to practice it and remind myself of it daily. The other thing that I've done in the last 10 years is taking up space in my own life right? Really been working on taking up space, reminding myself I matter, you know, asking myself what I think, what do I want? Allowing myself to enjoy something that other people's may not. For instance, I watched Top Gun with my husband and my older daughter last weekend. I was so excited afterwards. I was so happy. I was clapping. They were like, eh, whatever, this is kind of lame, you know, And I allowed them to have their experience and I had my own and I allowed to be delighted by it, not worried that they didn't like it or that I was being ridiculous by loving Top Gun. My little 13-year-old self inside of me and my 49-year-old self, she was having a good old time. It was fantastic, right? So taking up space in our own lives. 
The final arena that I've really practiced deeply is instead of expecting less, so I won't have to deal with disappointment, right? That's something that I used to do because that was a way to protect myself. Like, don't get disappointed. Don't expect for too much. Instead, expect less so I won't be disappointed. What I now know and what I practice really deliberately over the last 10 years is I can move through disappointment. Disappointment may show up and I can move through it. And then I can continue to show up and go after what I want. And I've also learned that the disappointment of not letting myself ask for what I want is actually way more painful and sticks with me. Think about that. Like I hold on to, oh, I played small at my 40th and that Hall of Fame dinner, right? And I hold on to it and remember, Corinne, don't play small. Ask for what you want. What are the skill sets that you need to develop and cultivate, right? Where there's so many other disappointments that I have over the last 10 years, I don't even remember them. It's me not asking for what I want versus when I go out there and I try and I fall down. So one of the things that I've learned and I've been practicing, I've talked about on the show is instead of not being disappointed and minimizing ourselves and making ourselves small, not allowing ourselves to dream and we don't allow ourselves to dream. We don't think about like, okay, well, how do I develop these skill sets? What do I need to learn? What do I, who do I need to ask? Because when we don't even allow ourselves to dream, it's like we close the window. We don't even see the windows of possibility. So instead of not allowing yourself to expect much so you don't have to deal with disappointment. My invitation for you is to commit to the best case scenario and manage risk. So for my 50th, my girlfriend has found a paint and sip class at the local winery. <laughs> she texted me a while ago and asked me, said, Hey, do you want to go do this? And it happens to me on my birthday. My family's out of town at a swim meet. And I was like, I went and looked and I thought, Oh, this could be fun. I love this winery. And then I thought, oh, it's not paint by numbers. And my brain went, hell no, not happening. No way. That's too scary, <laughs> right? Which means vulnerable. So I totally freaked out when I looked at it. And then I gave myself some space. And again, there's all these shit shows happening. So I gave myself some space and I sat with the vulnerability. And what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, the managing risk part, like the worst thing that can happen is I go there and I don't paint sunflowers because that's what we're going to be painting it's all okay. I get to be with my friend on my birthday, taking up space in my own life. We're going to celebrate the day together. How beautiful is that? So that's committing to the best case scenario and managing risk. The risk is I paint something that's not so delightful. Okay. I can live with that. What else I'm doing for my 50th? I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to be sipping blue drinks or whatever. Maybe be tequila, sitting by the pool in eating delicious coconut shrimp and reading fun books that are delightful. That is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do lots of rest, restoration, and self-care. For my 50th, I've also given myself the gift of my dreams. I'm so, so excited and a bit nervous about it because I'm in the middle of it, but I'm giving myself the gift of my dreams. For my 50th, I'm becoming a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself. And that is something that I'm continuing to practice. And one of the things that I'm doing as a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself is I've been creating a list of 50 things that bring me pleasure. And I'm integrating those items into my day-to-day living. One of those things is returning back to the pool and swimming 
but doing the warm up set that I love to do and doing it two times through and being excited about that, right? So there can be massages, right? There can be things that cost money. There can be things that can be free, right? But 50 things that bring me pleasure for my 50th birthday. And that's what I'm going to be incorporating and integrating into my life this year. I'm going to spend time this year connecting with friends and family for no other reason than to connect and enjoy each other. I'm a great phone call to like when you're struggling or going through hard things. Like I'm great at that, right? I can be a great fixer. I'm kind of wanting to resign from that role, but I really want, I'm willing to do that. And I want to be able to hang out and spend time connecting for no other reason than to connect and enjoy each other. I'm looking forward to that this year. And who knows? And maybe by 60, I'll have the big old bash as I'll work on developing the skills to have that as well as opening my brain to allow it to dream. So as I close today's show, my question for you is, what if we stopped minimizing ourselves so we don't feel disappointed and instead allow ourselves to dream and then build the skill sets to move us towards our dream? I'm going to ask that again. What if we stopped minimizing ourselves so we don't feel disappointed and instead allow ourselves to dream, then build skill sets to move ourselves towards our dream? We will fail along the way or fall down, as I say on this podcast. And my friend, we will rise back up. I'm right here with you, taking up space in my own life falling down, rising up. We've got each other. Remember that we've got each other. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows, and they go straight to my iPhone, or they go straight to my DVR, and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes, and that will ensure you that you never miss a show. And you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so 